Forgotten Flicks, episode 51. The Last Dragon, 1985. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. Shogun. Of yeah. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks Podcast. I am Joel, and joined by the master himself. Jason. Now, when I say who's the master, you say kiss my converse. Enough. <laughs> I, say, I say kiss my converse. <laughs> or I say let's fill a movie with a bunch of tubby trannies. Oh. What? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Yes, tonight we, or today, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to this marvelous podcast that we've come to know and love as forgotten flicks by the way not jason and i just the podcast itself in and of itself as an entity as a digital manifestation of life it's it's actually gaining consciousness i think uh, it is i think completely. it is yes so, yeah. so we uh, will be talking about the last dragon barry gordy's the last dragon uh, of course barry gordy was a man who i believe discovered motown so uh kind of a big deal and um uh, interesting i just want to get this out of the way right at the uh, off the bat jason you said you believe his name is pronounced Tamak, Tamik. <laughs> I was going with Timac. Timac. Timac's actually cooler because it sounds like a, a watch or something. Yeah. yeah. Timac <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking. <laughs> Timac takes a licking and just starts glowing. Yes. <laughs> so, Jason, here we are on the on the backside of fifty. You know, you've been there now for many many years in real life. <laughs> And it's all down here. It's all downhill from here. I know so it is. I know it is. Just let it go. Start wearing sweatpants. You know, just don't worry about it. I'm at, uh, you joke, but I actually, in fact, am wearing sweatpants. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in the closet for this episode. That's I, all right. I did I'm, the last I'm, couple from the garage, so this is I'm back in the closet. No, I'm I'm going full on sweat shorts, so I'm taking no, it a step. Whoa, it's better than jorts. I know that's pretty much the <laughs> no. dress code for your family reunion, but yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, but one of the things I would like to point out is that, you know, for those of you uh, who have commented in the past about our, the, let's say the popularity of the movies we're choosing. Yes. Uh, this is probably the most popular movie we're going to cover for a while, as in well, I don't probably know. the most well-known. Well, in a couple episodes, we do have um, a certain John Hughes movie that you could argue. Uh, yep. That's true. I think this one may have a bigger cult following, like a more hardcore cult following. Than the other one, but I think the other one is it's equally well known. But that tells you the, those yeah, are probably ranking. the top tier movies <laughs> as far as recognition yes. factor. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, see, these are some of the big ones. So yeah. um, now let me ask you. Yes, uh, we'll go into some stats in a minute. But let me ask you: Have you ever seen this before? This you had seen. It I before, thought. Right? Well, here's the thing: I thought I hadn't. I knew I'd seen bits of it. I had a friend, another friend named mm -hmm. Jason. I had about 82 friends named Jason back in the 80s. So. <laughs> 
this was a totally different Jason. He and I. Uh, I actually just stalked you all over the place and just changed my look. Yeah, everywhere and, I went. Yes, and, you really did. It was impressive, um, and a yeah. little creepy. And yeah, this Jason <laughs> was actually from Scotland originally, and I remember him going to see this with his mom and coming back and just being all all aglow. <laughs> Oh, that's never going to get old. Uh, about That it. is not going to get old. And no. I remember catching clips of it as a kid and not really digging it. Like, I don't know that I just didn't get it. Yeah, I was yeah. living in suburbia. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if I, if for whatever reason, I just don't remember it connecting with me. So uh, this is the first time yeah. I've seen it from definitely from beginning to end that I can remember. But watching it, certain elements of it, were very, very familiar. So I don't know if those just happened to be the parts that I saw and that's why they were coming back to me so strongly or what. Um, I did remember Vanity was extraordinarily hot. Forgot she was so bad an actress, but we'll go into that, I'm sure, eventually. <laughs> we'll get into that. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, this is one that um, I had seen uh, a long, long time ago, probably you know not long after it was in theaters. Um I remember seeing it, and I'd watched it a bunch of times, but I have not seen it in a long, long time, so uh, over 20 years probably. But it was one that I remembered very fondly, and I remembered really liking it back then. And, but it was one that when I knew it was on our list and when we decided to rewatch it, I wondered whether or not this would definitely be uh, a chronic case of CND where – you know, I looked at it and just thought, oh, my God, what was I even thinking? Um, so I, I was actually going into this a little pensive to see. Interesting, interesting. Interesting yeah. setup, Jason. Yeah. You've got us on the edge of our seats. The good news is if you actually went into this movie with a case of ED, vanity, despite the huge 80s mall hair, would in fact cure that. Uh, yeah, that's true. So. Um, especially oh, oh, well, when she or... shows up at his oh, house. Oh, that... good. What was that? I know. That, like, I know. Sport, yeah. Oh, I know. At first, I was like, "Is she wearing an undershirt?" Like, oh, she's gapped all the way down to yeah. her belly button. Yeah. I'm like, she turned wrong. She's naked. So. Yep. And of course, uh, if we have time, uh, our buddy Kevin Batchelder uh, from the uh, Saturday B Movie Reel and tuning into Sci-Fi TV podcast mm-hmm. has thrown down the gauntlet of a discussion we must have. One he established <laughs> on Facebook, but he has in fact carried it over to the podcast. Oh, Those two worlds have merged, and it will be the <laughs> vanity. Versus Apollonia discussion. Ooh, ooh. okay. Yeah. We can get into that. Okay, Apollonia get from Purple that. Rain. But 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 yeah, you know, this little teaser. Uh-huh. We'll see where we stand on that. Yeah. All right. So Jason, you want to hit him with a real quick synopsis, or do you want to do the trailer first, since that's usually what we do? And apparently, I'm just skipping things. <laughs> yeah, that's quite all right. Let's do the trailer first because I think it is. Uh, a, it's got a good setup to it. And here it is. From Motown Man, Perry Gordy, the movie that mixes the hottest music with the coolest moves around. The Last Dragon, he's got it all. Okay, let it be known that Jason and I just sat through almost two and a half minutes of that trailer. You, the listener, <laughs> only are going to listen to about 30 seconds of it. <laughs> because in post-production, I'm going to cut it down because this is now the official Forgotten Flicks podcast winner for most useless auditory trailer <laughs> ever. Because all oh, it was... Oh, whoa. Back that up. 
it played the Last Dragon song. Okay, yes, but I said it was a trailer <laughs> as if people could like, listen, oh, yeah, there's that one scene. Yeah, I, I'm watching it as it's playing. I'm like, wow, yeah, if you're watching this. Although what I love is at the end of the trailer, they actually show the very end of the movie. Like the last little moment between uh, yeah. Leroy and you Eddie Ar- are the Arcadian. Last dragon. You possess the power of the glow. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that week his balls dropped. <laughs> it's time yeah, it was to not train. very helpful just to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was about useless in the realm of don't get me wrong, that's a catchy tune. Mm. But when it comes to podcast usefulness, <laughs> I give it a one. So that will be yeah. truncated. No offense to those that wanted to hear the whole song, but that's all right. Yeah. You can find it on YouTube. I actually have a nice MP3 of it, and you can listen yeah, to the whole thing. So, if you haven't seen the movie, I would highly suggest avoiding that trailer because, as I said, they literally show you. No, I mean the song. No, I know, but I mean, but the, yeah, I, the I song get you, on yeah. YouTube. Oh, you can yeah, do that. I would stay away from the trailer. You yeah. can do that, and then mm, use like here. say some like <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> website like snipmp3.com to. <laughs> To do something like that? I mean, of course, are you I have to... never heard of said websites. Or, or the torrents that are the bits. Uh, I do not know what you're talking about. Yes. yes. <laughs> so can I synopsis now? Yes, absolutely. Although, Jason, <laughs> before you do, I mean, you know, before you were to say give away the synopsis in, in the same way that the trailer gave away the entire freaking movie, let's hear from our buddy JV. So how does he get out of it? Okay, so you see, after he gets, like, dunked for the third time, he finally realizes uh-huh. everything that Excuse he... Excuse me. Excuse me. What? Spoiler alert, please. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yo, can I tell them what happens at the end? Shut up! Take that, fool. I love that JV has now enlisted other people to help him. <laughs> Show enough. Yes, and, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, JV. You make it all worthwhile. <laughs> oh, my. It's worth it every week just for that. <laughs> Show enough. Show enough. <laughs> it is going to be my mission for the week to say show enough to somebody at least once per day for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, preferably some kind of like, uh, you know, somebody in a higher position. Oh, yeah. Or, it'll or, be at work. I'll be in some meeting with an executive and yeah. say, can you get this on my next week? Show, show enough. That, my friend, will be awesome. Uh, I know I am. <sighs> so, <laughs> I'll, br- I'll bring the cardboard box for you, though. If you... Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Help me pack my desk. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, this is basically the story of Leroy. This is um, Timac, we're going to go with. Sure. Why um, not. Plays Leroy Green, who at the very beginning of the movie is shown um, practicing in his dojo his martial arts. And, uh, one of the cooler scenes of the movie with martial arts anyway is he's kind of hitting at the uh, heavy bag and then hitting at the karate uh, block and his master uh, shoots an arrow at him and he just knowingly turns and chops it in half. And real quick, just and then he, I just want to interject this. Did you read the trivia bit? Always added the caveat, got it off IMDb, so take it for what it's worth. But they claim oh, yeah, that it took like two hours that they, to get that. He actually did that. Right. That's, if that's true, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, now, I'm going to go off in a rabbit hole here for a minute. Well, no, uh, up Jason, it's hole. up the rabbit's um, hole. Sorry, I'm going to go up the rabbit's nose here and say that there is actually a Mythbusters episode where they spent the episode trying to see if it's possible to, A, chop a an arrow 
in flight, or B, grab an arrow in flight. And because that covers based both on this of movie? These. Was it based on this movie? Um, I don't think it was based on this movie. I think it was based on like some it nin- might have been some like Bruce Lee myth, yeah, or some okay. others. Yeah, but it was basically yes, it was like a ninja myth, and they okay. talk about um, how in you know old. They showed movies that looked older, way older than this. I mean, they look like 50s, 60s movies. But basically, someone shoots an arrow at you and you catch it. And the, what they came up with at the end was it is possible because they actually got a ninja master, but it took him like 100 tries to catch one. Oh, they said it took hours. Yes. And I then the other that. thing was they said if you slowed it down – it was more likely. So if you barely shot the arrow yeah. or if you put it in some kind of air cannon and just gave it a little. So note that the chop he does is all in slow motion. Oh, so they could have yeah. slowed the arrow down oh, yeah. or whatever. Still fairly impressive because oh, two hours of cool. doing that probably made him pretty sore and pretty tired. And yeah. it was not difficult uh, or not easy. But um, in the beginning, I mean, he basically is even before they show him in the dojo, like the setup music. He's pretty ripped. Yeah. I mean. He's he's not Jason, just an Jason, actor. Do you want to have an uh, uh, honest moment? Did, did that scene make you a little hot? Did you squirm he, a little bit, Jay? He he's pretty. He makes me feel uncomfortable down there. <laughs> <laughs> he made something wiggle. <laughs> just um, kidding. Just kidding. No, he was actually fairly good looking guy. They don't actually show yeah. much. Of no, well, he was. He was he more <laughs> of an, He wasn't really an actor as much as he was, in fact, a martial arts expert. Going into this, yes, right? okay, yes, and that's definitely something I took away is that he was. These were really his. Uh, I don't know if he did all the stunts, but they were definitely his martial arts moves. He was not an actor that faked knowing uh, kung fu or karate or whatever yeah. it was he knew. But um, yeah, he he definitely was some kind of a martial arts master that they cast to play um, the role. But so anyway, it starts off with him in the dojo, and his master basically tells him after all these cool moves. Did you with just the say air- his master basically? <laughs> You really just you're searching on this one, aren't you? Oh God, no! Just the way I was kind <laughs> There's of listening. plenty, plenty to come. Okay. His master baits him a little bit yeah. and says, "Guess <laughs> what the n- uh, next level is going to no. yeah. <laughs> guess what the next level is going to be." Um, so no, the master says, "I can't teach you anymore. You've reached the next. You've reached the final level. You're done." And he gets all whiny. He's like, "But <laughs> the master, I need a master. You, you cannot teach me. What do I do? I'm not a yeah, good and submissive so without a master." <laughs> he and so he kind of gets whiny and says oh you have to because no you need to go out on your own journey and find <laughs> find this new master whose name <laughs> is S- some dumb goy <laughs> <laughs> so is that, never... to, is that is that sound like a jewish insult <laughs> i thought that it was some dumb goy some dumb goy <laughs> um which they never actually kind of explain that i mean you get it um I've, I definitely came to the conclusion that in this entire movie, uh, uh, Leroy is the dumbest <laughs> human being on the face of the earth because really he bumbles around like he's just some kind of a childlike adult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's I definitely mean, this whole like man Mentally, child. he's like six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's off trying to find this master, some young boy, and in the process, he meets this VJ temptress. Uh, played by Vanity, named Laura Charles, and she has this nightclub uh, that kind of gets she kind of gets into some trouble because the video game king Eddie Arcadian, Eddie Arcadian, Arcade, 
Video game king. <laughs> get it? Uh, Do you uh, get it, Jay? Because I didn't get it till you just said it just then, just like that. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, he's 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 kind of a gangster, you know, mafioso kind of guy who wants his girlfriend, uh, yes. who is, I guess, also a up-and-coming pop star. He wants her videos to be played at this club. Vanity won't play them because she thinks that they aren't really suited. But he is going to make her do play these by bullying her and, and trying to kidnap her. And that's where... Bruce or where Leroy, I keep on calling Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Well, they did. They said Bruce Leroy. <laughs> where Leroy, in the very, very beginning, but they don't refer to him really after that. But um, they kind of in- intertwine and he becomes her bodyguard and tries to protect her from all this. Well, the side story or I guess the, the parallel story to this is there is a bad Shogun of Harlem show. Oh, do, you mean, do, you, do you mean... That guy? Or, or do you maybe mean... I do indeed. Am I the meanest? That guy? Am I the prettiest? Uh, shown up. Am I the baddest mofo low down? Well, I was going to say he is, in fact, the prettiest, especially if the criteria and the point of comparison are the women that are in his crew. Because I pretty, I pretty oh, no, much yikes. wouldn't <laughs> touch them with your nunchuck, dude. The guys in his crew. <laughs> okay, let's get yeah. that clear. Yeah. The guys so in his group were prettier than the women. They were terrifying. Yeah, that was scary. That was very scary. <laughs> um, so he's kind of, I guess, a gang leader of this gang of Japanese martial arts gangsters in Harlem? Yes, mixed with okay. girls with mall hair. I'm also pretty sure that Aquanet was a sponsor of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there were firemen on standby at every scene because oh the, that was probably some serious flammability. Um, so, show enough, the whole movie is trying to get Leroy to fight him because show enough feels like he's the baddest guy around. But then other people think, no, Leroy's better than you. But Leroy has this uh, this pledge of peace, and he will not um, uh, fight him just to fight him. And yes. so. He's shown up, basically starts doing all these really bad things to get him to fight. The entire movie kind of comes to a head with shown up and the gangster guy and Vanity and Leroy kind of coming all together in this big giant fight scene and everything happening. And um, I guess I kind of have to explain the glow, don't I? Um, oh, Jason, no, if you're going to explain it that way, Jason, explain the power of the glow. The power of the glow. Um, there's actually a scene in the movie where Leroy explains it to Vanity that basically when a master reaches the highest level, uh, his body is engulfed with this glow and he can create beautiful things with this glow. If by beautiful things you mean cool roundhouse kicks and uh, straight punches to the face. and Oh, and except that's... for when you're up against a 400-pound biker apparently, at which point all your skills completely go out the window and you go become like you're walking through quicksand and molasses. We're going to get to that fight scene in a minute. Yeah. Um, so basically it, it, Leroy is trying to reach that final level and, and uh, yeah, so I'll just leave it at that and we'll talk about the rest. <laughs> so kind of, that's kind of like my a video game. not yep. so concise. Well, one thing I would, I would definitely say, you know, again, coming into this movie for the, for all intents and purposes, or all intensive purposes for all you people out there that are really picky about your sayings and your cliches and get annoyed when people say them incorrectly. All tense. All tense. 
and porpoises. Yeah, for all intents and porpoises. This <laughs> yes. is the first time I had seen this film. And I will start off by saying The Last Dragon has it all. It has braid dancing. <laughs> it has not just the rich white kids, Jason. It has all ethnicities dancing badly. Mm-hmm. It has, I won't even say bad clothes, because honest to God, this movie captures so perfectly. Because it's not just the main characters, the, the Eddie Arcadian, and I can't remember his girlfriend's name is escaping me, uh, Dogface. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, no, you mean Cindy Lauper wannabe? Um, uh, uh, Angela. Yes, sure. And Angela from Kew Gardens. And, and, yeah. <laughs> What the hell's Kew Gardens? I'm sure that's a New York thing. What's that? It's like a it's like a borough. It's a city. borough. Is it not Queens? Is it not? It's not a full borough. It's a it's an area in New York. And I know people are going to call and correct. Yeah, Dar- uh, Daryl, you're you're up in 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 New, New York. Can you straighten us out yeah. here? Because honest to God, man, I'm like Kew Gardens. What is that like a next to Madison Square Gardens? But it's like low rent. I mean, what's the? I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't get it. That's a Florida hick. <laughs> yeah, really, Jason, really. You want, okay. You really, uh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Hi, so. Pot. This is Kettle. Just wanted to give you a call. <laughs> so yeah. So Kew Gardens, and at one point she has like I'm guessing they were hoses of some sort around her neck, and yet they were <laughs> day glow pink and green and yellow, and I'm not really sure. Oh, don't forget the headlights. Oh yes. Well, oh, oh, I was going to get into that. And what was up okay. with her backup singers, dude? Seriously, it's like she like a tranny convention stopped into town. It was, that's what, that's what if, I mean, I like, when he said, hey, girls, I was like, really? <laughs> like, I remember this Jerry Springer episode once where they, in fact, had, you know, these, these transsexuals on there. And I'm then, dude, I wouldn't, I honestly had, I, you know, if I wasn't a married man, I wouldn't even care. They were, they were amazingly hot. These, however. <laughs> well, it started in. They jumped out of the ugly dirigible. <laughs> it went started through some in. some ugly clouds. No, hit wait, the ugly it's... plane on the way down. <laughs> Then collided with through an the ugly, ugly propeller. Through the ugly propeller, hit an ugly helicopter, sideswiped it, <laughs> took out like fifteen ugly people inside that ugly helicopter. Then <laughs> fell into the Sequoia National Forest of ugly, hitting every branch on the way down. <laughs> fell face first into the ugly roots. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, but that it started with worn off. <laughs> no. <laughs> It started in one of my favorite scenes of the movie, which is the theater scene. Yes, where that was good. Yeah, they're apparently in some kind of uh, um, you know rundown theater that's playing a Bruce Lee movie, yes. and all of the street thugs are kind of in there, and it's a rowdy cr- group. Which apparently they're all fans of uh, classic Bruce Lee movies because they're all <laughs> speaking along with the movie. Yeah, I know it was like the Rocky um, Horror Picture Show. Yes, but it was Bruce Lee, and these were all gangsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, lo- I love a- I love eighties gangsters. Nothing gets better than eighties. Oh my 80s god, games, it is man. so funny. Death it Wish is... Three came out around this time. Oh my god, <laughs> it is like you would just if like you went back in time. If you got a flux capacitor, you went back in time. You you and I are some of the most like you know middle America, you know, white bread, no skills. What we would go, we would laugh in their face. We would rule the streets. No, I didn't say that. We would get killed. They would knife us to death. But I'm just saying that we would laugh at them because of what they were wearing. We'd be like, dude, really? That's a halter top. (laughs) (laughs) 
no way. Are you wearing no. a tube top? No, the best. <laughs> the absolute best one. Because that this this scene is when Shonuff is introduced and yes. he comes in and he's like, I'm the baddest. Yes. Who's gonna who's gonna stop me? And Leroy's and course, eating popcorn with chopsticks, which was a fantastic <laughs> touch. I love that. Oh. <laughs> um no, and so these two big white dudes up Oh, I loved it. They stand up and they're like, We're gonna stop you. And they are these big Tubby Tony in his pink <laughs> He had a pink tank top dude and it only went down to his midriff it went down to his midriff and it was like with the spaghetti straps it was like something my wife would wear i'm like what and it's like he's like tough he's like i was like are you kidding me yeah um go ahead better than that better than that we've got to talk about mohawk santa claus Oh, we'll get to him for sure because he is in the end. Of course, I, I will be. I will have to make this point, and we need to make sure we do it. I believe we said with of unknown origin. Yeah, yeah. Save that for the end because we really got to get to the end, and we never did. Oh, because <laughs> and just right, I will literally make this ten seconds of unknown origin. Major spoiler alert. Major spoiler alert for the next fifteen seconds. Just fast forward if you haven't seen that movie or the last podcast, or if you even care. He actually puts his hand into the freaking model house of his house and knowing full well that there's a rat trap in there and busts his own hand up. Like, that was the only thing I wanted to say about that. Enough said. Moving on from oh, over. It wasn't even a rat trap. It was like a jaw. It was one of those bear Yeah, yeah but he knew it was trap. there. He's like searching for it blindly. I'm like, yeah. are you effing kidding me? <laughs> All right, you're 10 seconds. Yes, okay, okay. So, so yes. We will, get back to, we will get back to Mohawk Santa Claus. Yes, we definitely will. But I think it's also important to acknowledge this movie. Not only did it have the, the, the clothes, the dancing mm-hmm. badly, all of those wonderful things. Plenty, and I, I, I know in, 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 in many circles I'm not one to talk, Jason, but plenty of ugly people. <laughs> people that I would be willing to go out with, in fact, because of how much better they would make me look. Except well, for Vanity say, and Timex. I, w- I was going to say, in, the very, in that scene in the theater, when uh, Shonuff is beating that one guy up and his girlfriend stands up, or boyfriend with long blonde hair, because he's smashing that guy's head into the yeah. stage. Oh no, and no, no guy... it's, it's a trans. It's a trans. Supposed to be a transvestite. It says it in the credits, dude. Uh, okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was, but I was it just was, like, it was actually supposed not to be space. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Just remember all those who practice evil. When you mess with my breath, you die like the rest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, and then we cannot forget, it also had horribly out of shape people, and the best, it had DeBarge. Oh, my gosh. Does he not look like the love child of Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie? <laughs> I swear to God, he's got the best soul glow mullet I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that pencil-thin mustache. It is just, oh. And they broke into full-on video. Like, this movie, to me, was like breaking. With kung fu in it. I mean, it was, it Jason. Was... Jason. It was. <laughs> Come on, buddy. And you know what's sad? This is. I was watching this with headphones on, and my wife was like doing something on a laptop. This is the point where I pulled out and went, "Honey, they, this, is, this song is in this movie." It has just went up like eighteen points on the awesome scale. Did you really do that? Yes, I totally did. I did the exact same thing. I, I, I like the bars. I don't give a damn who knows it. You know why? You know why? Yeah. Because I also like, I also like, go ahead and t- talk for just like two seconds. I have to find something. Go talk. I, I did the exact same thing. I was listening to, the, I was watching the movie, I had my headphones in, and I just, my wife was on the computer. I stopped. I'm like, stop whatever you're doing. Stop whatever you're doing 
and I want you to, to look up on YouTube this music video. And she stopped, and of course we both, you know, rocking out to the... Yeah. Uh, so there were, there were lots of music videos in this movie. Um, it definitely was meant to be more of a music... Showcase. Oh yeah, it was Barry Gordy. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, of course, of course. Even, but even like the stuff that uh, um, Angela did, and she was supposed to be the gangsters, you know, uh, kind of Jersey girlfriend who couldn't sing very well. Her stuff wasn't that bad. I mean, her backup singers were. Are Are you joking? No, I mean, in in the context. Reminded me. Do you remember Julie? Do you remember uh, not downtown Julie Brown? Okay, but Julie Brown, the comedian. Yeah, yeah, okay. oh yeah. Remember she did like some uh, kind of comedy novelty songs like uh, Because I'm Blonde, B-L-O-E-D, Because I'm a Blonde. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, like, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, but consider that these these she was not a professional like musician, and these songs weren't made for pop. Some of them were. Obviously, DeBarge was, and um, but this they were written for the movie. So the fact that they well, were I kind just of kind always of thought I kind of thought that the girlfriend was her crap was supposed to be awful. Like that was the point. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I didn't think. But and anyway, now we so. know Jason's taste in music. Oh man, I, you have no idea. <laughs> Good uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other uh, before. So I want to get into um, before we go deeper into some of the other elements of the movie. Um, a couple people that were in it that I wanted to point out. Oh yeah, I caught a couple. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a handful. There's some big ones. I mean, we we mentioned uh, uh, some of the big ones, but I want to pull a couple. A few little ones out, especially um, younger ones. Ernie Reyes Jr. Yes, played the little at the very end. Like yep. all of a sudden, comes into the movie and it's like, what? And you know Where's what, dude? He? My first thought was, why wasn't he and Johnny Yu featured like more in the whole movie? Yeah, starting from the beginning. Yes, Johnny Yu plays his uh, uh, Leroy's friend who's in the dojo and learning martial and he's arts. Great, he's hilarious, and the guy, the he's actor's really only been fleet. in like two movies. Glenn yeah. Eaton, I and, think, is his name. Yeah, and then his little brother. Is this short little, you know, three foot nothing yeah. kid who at the very end helps him out yeah. of this locked closet? It's like, who is this kid? Yeah. And then they go in, and go into the main final battle. Well, he was in uh, a couple of things that were big for me when I was younger. Number one, um, he was in Red Sonia. Oh, that's where Arnold I remembered him from. Yes. Yeah. He played the little prince who yes, had the yeah, big guy yeah. that's his bodyguard yeah. and all. Yeah, it was the same year um, as this, 85. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then he was also in, do you remember the TV show Sidekicks? Yes. I don't remember watching it, watching it, but I do remember it. It was Gil Gerard and, um, and Ernie uh, played uh, a kid named Ernie Lee, but um, they were kind of sidekicks as the kid was. Um, um, you know, no, maybe I did. I have to go back and see if I can. I'm going to go on YouTube and see if I can find some. Not right now. Bill but. Gerard played a cop, and, okay. and this kid tried to help him with his martial arts skills and stuff. So oh, cool. I remember watching a bunch of episodes. It was only one season, I believe, but um, I do remember watching um, a good number of them because I, I like Gil Gerard, especially, you know, his Buck Rogers stuff. But yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so he was in it, uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. And then did you catch the little cameo, Keisha Knight Pulliam? Yes, and I have to get this out of the way right now. First off, she was always like ridiculously adorable. On... She was the cutest little kid. Yes. Yeah, Rudy Tuck's the. Boy. Have you seen her now? No. I feel like the dirtiest sob. Oh, I, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> oh my! I can't see her as anything. But... Oh yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, all right, I'll, I'll look now. Yes, you have oh. to look. So, yes, so yes, definitely I caught her. Now, did you catch another member of the Cosby Show and also the TV show Martin? Are you there? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I told you. I told you. That is not right. I know. I you said you're I looking can't. at it because they're still faint. Just a Yeah, like hint. in her eyes. Like yeah. She's got the and you're like, she's so pretty cute. Eye. Oh. oh. That ain't right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really not right. I mean, it's right, but <laughs> well, now she's not that much younger than me, so <clears throat> she's a she, little younger. Than is you. she really forty-eight? <laughs> she's mad. Yeah, <laughs> when uh, <in> my day, <laughs> I'd bend uh, over uh, my knee and I'd rip out her fanny. <sighs> <laughs> oh, Chris! <laughs> oh, Chris! Did you like the way that boy danced at the beginning of the movie, Chris? He was he was something, wasn't he? The way he moved. So no, who else from the Cosby Show is in this? Cockroach. You remember Cockroach, Theo's best friend? Tell me you remember Cockroach, man. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Played by Carl Payne. And he was he was kid in pizza chop. So it was oh, like, he was one of his. It would was show, he one of his buddies? Yeah, when Show no, no, when Show Enough goes in there and trashes the place, yeah. he's in. I think he must be one of um, Reggie Green, the the one who's the little brother of Leroy. Right. I, I'm thinking it was supposed to be one of his friends, or maybe just a random. Remember, he customer. had the two. Yeah, he had the two. It buddies wasn't one of them. It wasn't one of those no. kids. It was another kid. But if you go back, I was like, I saw. I was like, is that? And it was. I looked it up. It was Cockroach. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, if you look him up, you'll you'll recognize him. He was also yeah. on the show Martin. I think he had a bigger part on Martin. Mm. So, yes. Kid pizza shop. That's be- I guess that's better than being transsexual in theater. <laughs> yes, with, and that's your only credit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are two of the biggest uh, uh, pop bouts when I watched this again that I forgot were in it altogether. Oh, and... did you catch um, at the beginning a major one? Actually, there was two major ones. Uh, John H. Macy. I'm not sorry, Jari. I'm sorry. William <laughs> An actor that I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> William H. Macy. He was listed as W.H. Macy. He is actually the guy that comes up to Vanity's character, Laura, and oh, yeah. tells oh, yeah, her, right. uh-huh, and tells her yes. about the, uh, the this guy that you've got to put his ta- his girlfriend's tape on here, blah, blah, blah. He's kind of the catalyst, I guess, for all yeah, the shenanigans. Uh, agent or something. Yeah. Yes, and he was in Jurassic Park three. He yeah, was in Fargo. Yeah, he's been in a crap. The Boogie Nights and yeah, yeah a lot. Nights, he's yep. a fantastic actor. Yeah, fantastic he's really good. Actor. I remember that. Yeah, that's I forgot about that. The Cooler. Um, I got just trying yeah. to think of my head. Trying to think of some good. Movies. Which reminds you, I'm going to go off on this for a second here. When that scene, when William H Macy comes in, that's when Vanity is sitting down and they're uh-huh. doing something to her hair. Yeah. Now they're not doing anything effective because that stuff is like it is just. It's there. And I mean, Amir, was she way hotter when her hair was down? Yes, yes, I definitely agree with that. And then at the end, because I'm not okay. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> we, we've established we're in spoiler land now. <laughs> yes, Leroy saves her at the end. What? Oh, she I missed does. that. I must have gotten the director's cut. She gets away. Uh, so uh, this whole terrible ordeal where this gangster has kidnapped her and threatened to kill her, and he's gone this crazy rant in this club. The hairdresser oh, dude, and I have that the stage manager. I know exactly where you're going with this. Yes. She's like, oh, 
you know, they saved her. She's and, well, and then that's the cops run in. Dude, it's not like that. She's been sitting outside outside the place with the paramedics. No, it is the moment. Yes. When the cops break in and everything's kind of coming right and behind the cops them, arresting Eddie Arcadian and everything. And she's like, oh, I'm safe. Her stage manager and her hairdresser come up. Where have you been? Where have you been? I'm not going to do anything with her hair. Her hair is a mess. We got to get on the stage. Come on. Uh, it's like, who does that? Up to the what? what's sad is that's one thing I will you know and we really haven't let it out of the bag how we really still feel about this movie. In fact, I think you should say first, since <laughs> this was one of your childhood. I should. I really should. Um, I started this movie like I said, really very leery of the whole thing, and as it played out and certain things started to happen, I was like, the very beginning, I started to cringe at a few little things like when they're showing him do those moves, this uh, his moves in slow motion at the beginning when it's black is, behind is him. That because- is that because something moved, Chris? Did something begin to twist and turn in the drawers? He, he was glistening in the, in the moonlight. Did it make you hot, Chris? <laughs> no, but they, it was like a very serious scene. It's showing him, you know, doing these cool yes, karate moves. It was very and, cool. then, and then it shows him trying to use chopsticks. And then it goes back to him doing these moves. And then it's just a close-up of his hand and these chopsticks. Yeah, I didn't get that. That was very <laughs> random. I thought it was going somewhere. Like, was that a... Karate Kid reference, like just a subliminal. Yeah. No, shout so out. as little things like that started to happen, and the fact that I guess apparently to uh, Leroy speaking like a martial arts master, maybe his way to speak Japanese or way to speak monk was to not use contractions. Yeah, <laughs> because that's basically what he did the whole time. I heard the Coen I- brothers wrote the script for this originally. This is sort of what inspired them to do True Grit. Where they also yeah. left out all contractions. Yes, uh, I would not I was do that. On that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a, he he would not use contractions. Um, it is in your best interest. Do not do that. And that was supposed to make him sound like sage and wine. So I was going into like uh, a few cringe things. By the time this movie was halfway through, I was just like, I am not gonna hide it. I absolutely love this movie. <laughs> and then even I the last not scene. not even surprised. Like, honestly, I think if you've been like, I just, yeah, I didn't hold up for me. I'd have been you'd like, be yeah, sur- you're full of be crap. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end, when they're playing that, you are the last. I was like, yeah. He, and now I will say to anybody that watched, you cannot hate Shonuff. Oh, no. He His character in this, yeah. it's, he is, I, I think he's the best thing in this movie by far. Uh, Julius Carey, and, and um, he just, his character is phenomenal. It's funny. His facial expressions are amazing. Um, he is a scary dude. You know, he's got these big giant hands when he fights, that, you yes. know. Um, but I just, by the end of this movie, I was like, I, I love it. I, I love this movie. I absolutely love it. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the end, even though I was kind of waffling in the beginning. Um, I absolutely, this, is, this movie was awesome. Well, so. before we go into how I feel First about it, mo- Jason... <laughs> Let's just real quick uh, touch on that last fight scene since you brought it up, where the power of the oh, glow yeah. is uh, instituted, and the what, was he, what did you call him? <laughs> the Mohawk uh, Santa Claus, who in fact gets his pants shanked, and then they <laughs> land on top of him in a sort of yeah, so free fall. Yeah, so at the, the, at the end of the movie, Eddie, yeah, Eddie Arcadian uh, decides he's going to recruit all of the scariest people in the town. The worst gangster, worst fighters anywhere to come and attack Leroy um, in its trap. And so he gets this dog guy that just barks, and he's this big, mean, kind of caveman-looking guy. And they like, get these other like, martial he looked artists. like um, it was the Iron Sheik 
He had that. He had to look. I, I almost like yeah. I didn't get a chance to look him up, but it, he seemed like he might have been like a pro wrestler from the day because he had that vibe. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I, I, he definitely looked like it. Um, and then they had the kind of random other martial arts guys. And then it's supposed to be all these scary looking, you know, underworld thugs. And then out of nowhere, this one guy, <laughs> apparently I guess was just picked because he was tall and wide, has this white beard and a white mohawk, and he's just kind of big and chunky. And oh, wait, right when Leroy's about him, to run out, the run out of the after, studio, he just grabs Leroy. Well, he kind of goes. And just kind of comes at him, and, <laughs> and, and then like three people was, jump on he him. He has these weird chains. Yeah, he's weird chains. Not like like these little pieces of not like big manly chain, but like little doggy chain on his clothes. You know what he la, made me think of? You know, like you there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> I guess it was just it was sudden silence. Um, I, I, you were reminiscing, weren't you? I I'm trying not to crack up laughing. Yes, so. well. <laughs> He reminded me of as if he was an actor who was on his way to a movie that would have been shooting at that time, perhaps in a neighboring studio, The Running Man, starring Schwarzenegger, and that he was meant yeah. to be one of the guys that uh -huh. The Running Man goes up against, and in fact, didn't make it to his audition, lost the gig, lost the opportunity, all because these crazy kids jumped him and shanked his drawers. That were apparently had some <laughs> bizarre pastel <laughs> squiggly line design on his, on his boxers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was one like one brown uh, line that kind of went. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> that was. So you were asking about the glow? <laughs> yes, the power of the glow, the sort of yes. sudden mystical moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying his enlightenment. <laughs> I get it. I know what it was supposed to represent. I'm just yeah. curious as why the hell Show Nuff got it before him. Are you telling me Show Nuff was enlightened? Oh, he didn't have it all over. He just had it in his hands. But how did he get it in his hands? Because he was almost a master, but he wasn't the full master. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch. So that being said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the movie, a la JV's uh, spoiler alert, uh, they're dunking his head. Show Nuff is dunking Leroy's head in the water. And after the third time dunking his head in the water and having all of these flashbacks of all the things his master said and all these other people said, including Vanity saying, you look like a master to me. Yeah, he really <laughs> picks up on the subtleties of Vanity. He, after all of that, he's like, oh, the master I'm supposed to look for is me. Oh, I'm supposed I to join the debate oh, team and be a master debater. <laughs> I get and then the it. light comes on in his head, and then it comes on all over his body, and now he's like this invincible fighter with this glow, and uh, they all decide to celebrate with a dance party. Uh, uh. Yes, indeed they did. <laughs> and I do have to ask, what in the hell was up with her song? That first one when she comes down out of the ceiling? Seventh Heaven? Yes, dude. That's the name of, that's the, name of the club, and she was singing Seventh... I, you didn't... Dude. She wasn't a good dancer. It looked no, like she was doing like Michael Jackson zombie thing. But I, that whole she, uh, set piece, like the song itself, it it creeped me out. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was the you didn't think like her whole delivery of it was just it was like it was too. Oh, oh wait, what's that? Oh, oh. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fast forward just a bit for you. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. 
Like her eyes just kept getting wider and wider. <laughs> like oh, and then she like went into like this weird Dion Warwick kind of thing. <laughs> Hold on, I can hear. That, that just it was too weird for me. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, she did do a weird kind of Michael Jackson zombie yes, dance yes. with her hands as yeah, she was that, dancing. That, that, that yeah. one, it that was one, odd. But... Yeah. Now I will say, coming at this movie as a you know relative uh, last dragon virgin, much much mm-hmm. like um, Leroy himself, I felt like it was entertaining as hell and surprisingly even and well paced. And mm-hmm. I absolutely, I don't think I loved it. I think that would be going far. Like, I don't think this is a movie that I could watch over and over again. I, I get I get why people would, because I think I get why people love this movie in the same way why I love Night of the Comet. Like, I think mm-hmm. grew up with this movie and then went back and saw it in the same way I went back and saw Night of the Comet after having grown up in, with it and loved it, and it hit all those same kind of notes for right, me right. with the you know the the clothes and the you know the over top over the topness of it and this movie honestly is like a perfect snapshot of that era i mean it has everything in it it's seriously oh yeah this was definitely uh it, it, it was it's funny even so much that it got it felt cheesy but then you look back and think no that was really yeah, oh yeah, well, no, yeah, you know, for sure. It was generally and it was, how and it was people a, really I dressed. This movie and... <laughs> was campy on purpose. I, I mean, obviously, uh, Julius Carey's oh, yeah. performance was over the top. It was meant to be. He was chewing more scenery than Leroy was eating popcorn yeah. in that scene. I mean, it was. It, <laughs> yeah. There were certain things that didn't quite make sense. For instance, when he's uh, when Leroy's telling Vanity or sorry Laura about. Laura Charles. Yes, Laura Charles. I'm sorry. Then they're driving in the yeah. car to her studio. She's got a surprise for him, and he starts telling her about the power of the glow and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When they get to the studio, she shows him this video montage of Bruce Lee. Okay, she might have had that prepared for him, but the song playing over it is all about the power of the glow. And they're aware of, I'm assuming, within the context of that moment, of that song as well. Like as if, because she is a video person doing music, and so it makes sense that this was like a video she had someone put together for him. And in that time period, that wasn't something being made up on the fly. I mean, that was obviously something that had been produced. How oh, yeah. would she have known to have a song made called The Power of the Glow <laughs> when he had just told her about it? Now, to be fair, who gives a crap? <laughs> well, I kind of took it as this entire movie sort of m- less of... The movie logic and more of like music video logic. Yes, I agree. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, so you know how things in, in like with especially music videos back in the day, and that you know in the eighties, nineties, back when MTV used to play videos, um, they you know it, it seems like okay, there was these perfect moments where music just happened, and then you know this that was just one of them. So there were definitely longer scenes that I remember of Bruce Lee movies. Like they actually let it play for a while in some yeah. of them, and. Um, but that just added to it for me. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, when originally when, when I was coming up with the first few movies for us to watch, I know you had said you love mm-hmm. this movie and, and my thought was mm-hmm. I throw it by you to see if you wanted to do it, but it was more of a bone for you because mm-hmm. I did, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I can appreciate a good martial arts movie. I definitely prefer the more traditional Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. I mean, guys really doing it to the newer and i know we've had this conversation uh, offline quite a bit about yeah. about the issue of using wires and i just it does, i'm sorry it's like cgi it's like not impressed sorry 
when you're a real ass human being yeah. hanging from the Grand Canyon, I'm I'm more impressed at how they could have pulled that off than they did it inside a computer. And likewise, yeah, no, more I got impressed it. when Jackie Chan's breaking ankles and other things. I mean, I understand it's all choreographed and staged. And even right. certain effects, like when they kick somebody, they use wires to you know make it seem more intense. I get Pull all that them back. Yeah, and, yeah, that I'm fine with. I'm talking about the ch- you know where it's a cheat, like where they're doing oh they're defying gra- no bullcrap. I mean, yeah, I, I I'll. But you- I would argue, I, I would argue that this movie is not a martial arts movie. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's got that as a, I, I, a theme I think this- that runs throughout it. Right, but it's not. I don't think it's meant to be a martial arts movie. I think it's more like a break-in, or you know, a music movie. It's a pop culture uh, of the time movie. period. It's of a the pop 80s. culture movie, which is what Break-in yes. was. Which you know, yes, yeah, yeah, taking advantage. You know, uh, so there's a trend. I, you know, it it is I was, really. I wouldn't even classify it in the martial arts genre. You know, really. So because I would say that that time, especially, obviously, you had the Karate Kid that came out in '84. I remember mm-hmm. that mid '80s time period. Like my cousin was. Uh, at at Rose Taekwondo in in a little town, and he was big into <laughs> like he there was tons of like ninja magazines and mm-hmm. martial art. I mean, it was a big deal at that time, you know. Yeah. Um. Of course, in 1986, the classic No Retreat, No Surrender came out. Oh yeah. And don't worry, <laughs> I believe it was Hammond that might be on the schedule. Although that's one of those that's going to be a pain in the butt to get because nobody's got it. Yeah, we'll find it. Yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a big deal then. Um, so, so yes, you, I definitely you liked it. That. That's good. I, I was actually surprised at how much I did. I still did like it. I, I actually shocked myself because I thought um, it was going to be campy and I was going to have to defend it and it was going to be tough. But I was like, you know, this this movie kind of works. I mean, it definitely is dated, but it's really it's fun. It's not too serious. It's definitely got some holes in it, but it was enjoyable enough, entertaining enough, and um, yeah, the whole last fight scene stuff. I. I just really like so. <laughs> well, and, and and I think that I again, if I had had more of a connection to it from like my childhood, because I think yeah, what sure. your feeling is is that it's a because it, here's a key. Regardless, it's a very entertaining movie. I mean, it's not perfect. It's obviously campy. It's an acquired taste. I think there's a lot of people that would just hate it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think that it's a movie that for what it is and how it was done, it holds up and it's very entertaining. I mean, there's only a few parts that mm-hmm. you know it kind of drags a little bit, but for the most part, it's I mean it's got a pretty good clip to it and that's hard to do effectively and you don't have too many moments where you're like wait a minute how could he have been there there's not a whole lot of that i mean it's pretty consistent so i i would say that other than from a performance standpoint and i think in a weird way they did the lead a big favor because obviously him not being an actor by those scenes with vanity he actually came off a lot better (laughs) because she's a beautiful woman but dear lord man it was <laughs> it was painful. I mean, it was there was moments where I'm like, oh, oh, that was the best <laughs> shot they had, or the best take, huh? Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't and you know like... what the sad thing is? You, you you look at it and you think, oh, you know what? They probably did like thirty of those. <laughs> oh, they went Kubrick on it. They did like forty five. Yeah, uh, you just yeah. I cannot make your eyes so wide in this in this shot. Uh, That'd be Nothing we can do. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay, would you like to? Um, I don't know. Maybe get into a little um, movie picks action. I would love to.
need to add something in there about <laughs> the evidence is gone or the coppers will never catch me now or something like that. Like he was flushing something. <laughs> <nefarious. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Ahead, we'll fit down the toilet. <laughs> yes. I'm free. <laughs> Yippee. Howdy ho. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Chris. <laughs> no. I'm going into my no. bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so Jason, what is, uh, let's start off with you this time. What is your oh, pick, your movie pick? Wow. Let's start off with me. Um, actually, I've decided that, that uh, the movie I picked this time, I have not seen. But when I was doing my research and trying to figure out a movie to pick uh, that was related to this, I found this and thought, I have got to find this and I've got to watch it. So um, the first place I looked was director Michael Schultz, who um, we've talked about some of the other movies he's done. He did Crush Groove. He did Disorderlies, um, which has been a uh, a debate and discussion on Facebook for for our fans and such, um, and he did a bunch of movies. He's he, uh, mainly known for his TV work. He's done a lot of different things uh, um, in television. But I chose one. As I was looking through his resume, I thought, "Oh, how could I not do this?" I chose 1981 Carbon Copy. Oh yeah, Denzel, right? Yes, it is Denzel Washington's first uh, a film credit. And it's funny because if you look at the movie poster, it's George Seagal, Susan St. James, Jack Warden, and introducing, I think that even in the trailer, you've, if you've not seen the movie, even if you have, watch the trailer again. And it was like, and introducing Denzel Washington. And he's supposed <laughs> to be like this teenage kid. It's basically, uh, it's a very... A very racist film. That's the story of oh, George Segal. Wait, wait, wait. Is it one of those racist <laughs> films though that thinks it's making some kind of profound statement against yeah. racism? Yes. Oh. Because the whole point of it is George Segal plays this very successful white executive, uh, and he's working his way up the corporate ladder. And then at one point, he finds out when Denzel Washington comes in that he has a black son from a oh, woman no, he had I remember that. I, see, I saw that a long time ago. I remember that. Yes, and um, it just, the trailer, you've got to watch the trailer. It is, it's just awful. But I understand now, you know, they were trying to make this message that by the end, it's, you know, his son and he would choose his son over any other, you know, uh, over his job and anything else. He wouldn't disown him. Um, but it's just... <laughs> It's awful. I mean, it's <laughs> to the point where they even have, yes, folks, a basketball scene. And, yes, where Denzel Washington cannot play basketball. <laughs> and George says, I have to have the only black son in, I don't know where they are, Har uh, New York or whatever he says. I forget where he says, who can't play basketball. Nice. <sighs> That's wonderful. Nice. So <laughs> I thought, I got to find this. And it's most specifically because it's Denzel Washington's first uh, film credit. But and, for, and, be, and, and the other thing is you need to finish out your collection because you finally got Song of the South in, so <laughs> <laughs> you can add this in. You'll be done. Because I know you're a completist when it comes to your good intentions, <laughs> mm, not so great results. Bad execution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so slightly. Um, so <laughs> but yeah, the trailer is hilarious. And, uh, so I'm going to try and see if I can track this down. I don't even know if it's on Netflix or, yeah. or what, but... Uh, I might have to watch this somewhere and, and see if I can find it. But it was 1981, Carbon Copy, um, Denzel Washington, and George Seagal. Was it, what did you say? It was Denzel? No, this in the trailer? Uh, they, no, they, they introduced him as like Denzel. Are like you they, serious? It wasn't, 
Yeah, it was like Denzel Washington. They don't even wow. pronounce it like they do now, which I'm sure his publicist probably came up with. No, we've got to call him Denzel or something like that. No. But De- well, it Denzel. was Denzel. De- De- Denzel does sound better than Denzel. Well, it probably was Denzel is probably his real name, and the announcer yeah, probably was like, give ah, this new kid, respect Denzel to say Washington. correctly. <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to point out, though, perspective of age. You know, we talked about teenagers. He's supposed to be a teenage son who pops in. He's like 30. He was like 28 when this yeah. was made. <laughs> of course <laughs> he, he was. was. <laughs> of course he was. And he's playing a 14-year-old. Uh, so what was your pick? My pick uh, is a movie from 1993 <laughs> that I saw several times at the movie theater. I have not seen it in at least 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 years. And I really need to watch it again because I, I loved it. Um, it's a little more heady than the usual picks <laughs> that, we, that we usually do. And interestingly enough, it also has to do with race relations. But as I recall, it actually achieves its desired goal and doesn't, in fact, offend in the process. And that is A Bronx Tale from 1993. Uh, it was Robert De Niro's directorial debut uh, he actually stars in it as well. Mm-hmm. I picked it because it also starred Chaz Palminteri, Pal- Palminteri, Palminteri, whatever. Palminteri, yes. yeah. Because Last Dragon apparently was Chaz's screen debut. He played the really? chauffeur driver. Remember, he was one of the little henchmen that yeah. gets beat up when uh, when Leroy. I guess saves vanity the first time around in her limo. Yeah, he's yep. like, just sit back and relax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was going to yeah. be this or Usual Suspects, but I figured this movie probably might be less remembered than Usual Suspects. So, um, but I went with this one. I loved it. It's uh, you can see the Scorsese influence of De Niro having worked with him so many times. He uses yeah. uh, to really great effect some of the music of the era. It takes place uh, during the '60s. It follows this Italian bus driver dad and his son, Cologino, and his his dad is this you know blue collar guy, you know works his job, you know, and he basically wants his son to grow up to be a decent kid, and and is constantly pushing him. I believe he's a widower, and Chaz's character is a kind of a mid level mobster that's living in the neighborhood, and Cologino ends up kind of becoming his kind of errand boy, so to speak. And it's this interesting, uh, it's always Shakespearean because it's this interesting, uh, I was going to actually say dichotomy, um, this interesting <laughs> parallel between these two father figures. The one that yeah. wants his son to stay respectable. Um, you know, he says things to him like, you know, the, you know, the, something like the greatest tragedy in life is wasted talent. And he's, he's all about pushing his son to be better. And his, uh, and, and which has Palminteri's character, Sonny, uh, is this, you know, mobster who's talking about, you know, you're going to fear respect. He goes, I choose fear. Well, the father is more about choosing respect. It's got this racial undertone. And actually, one of the kids who's his buddy uh, was the young Tommy in Goodfellas, uh, which was the Joe Pesci character. So, oh yeah, right. I'm, right. A, I'm a clown. I'm here to amuse you, eh? So, yeah. So, so he was like, and it's it's just it, there's this one scene where these bikers, uh, I don't give anything major away, but come into the uh, the mobster bar, and they you know start taking over the place. All these guys in the suits, you know, they're the dapper, you know, the, the kind of the, the typical quote unquote you know gangster mm-hmm. uh, type, and they're sitting there, and these these bikers, it's like late sixties, like sixty eight, sixty nine, and. They take a bottle and smash it over the bartender's head, and they're just raising hell. And uh, Sonny walks over. He's like, um, we, we want to ask you just to leave. 
And, you know, the guy's like, you know, if you and then they, they start messing around. And then he goes to he has he makes a motion with his head. A guy goes to the door, locks the door. They each start picking up a pull cue. And all of a sudden the jukebox comes on um, the Beatles. Um, oh, what the hell's the name of the song? Terry, if you're out there, you're going to kill me because you know this immediately, which is it's the um, ding, 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 ding. Ah, uh, you know yeah, that? yeah. He got to that today. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Head down to his knees. Yes, that song starts playing, dude, and these mafiosos beat the ever-loving crap. But <laughs> right before he does it, Sonny, yes, yes, Sonny just looks at the guy and goes, now you can never leave. And it's just, it's awesome. I did this day, it gives me chills just thinking about it. So, and then there's another moment with uh, Knights in White Satin that, is juxtaposed against that. That's also kind of a violent scene that because that song uh-huh. is so beautiful and haunting, but the way that scene plays out is so disturbing and sad. And it's, it's a great movie. So nice. Bronx tale, highly recommend. I'm going to actually watch it again here in the near future. Um, so those are my, that's my pick. Jason's pick of course was a horribly racist film. And mine <laughs> was one that was about understanding and being true to who you really are. So, <laughs> so Did Jason, you hear that? Uh-uh. That was the bus. Oh, what? The, oh. The, the yeah, watch out for my skinny ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, see, you're skinny. You'll go right under. It's okay. You're good. All right. Great. Yeah, yeah you're great. Yeah, you're good. Okay, Jay. So uh, let's hit a promo and then some uh, voicemail feedback. This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Eat it. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Join us, your hosts, Miles P. McLaughlin and Scott Herzog, as we serve up a delightful menu of science fiction interviews and news in the television, movie, DVD, and book world. Test your geek cred with trivia. Top off your meal with the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Come visit the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at scifidinerpodcast.com or subscribe to us in iTunes. We're serving up sci-fi from here to the end of the universe. Oops. <laughs> I, I thought I hit fade. I hit stop. It was going to fade out. I was going to use the HBO theme to intro to the show. Hi, hold on. I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to edit. All right. Hold on. All right. The following movie is rated PG. We haven't used that in a long time. I just felt like it. <laughs> I've probably watched The Last Dragon with that very music opening oh, before sure I watched it. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Right before, I was going to say HBO After Dark, but that's more of a Cinemax thing. Anyway. <laughs> so first up, Jay, first up, our, bu- our buddy has now officially called in once in 2011 and once in 2012. So I guess she figured she waited till the end of 2011. She would just get it done on the front end of 2012. And, then and that's her, her annual call. And that's her annual call. Yeah. I hope not. Because mm-hmm. it is our pal, our buddy, our chum, Gail. Hey, Joel and Jason. It's Gail. I uh, just wanted to give you some feedback on The Last Dragon. Watched it last night. It was very fun. I had not seen this before. Uh, it was fun uh, seeing Julius Carey, uh, Lord Bowler from The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr., and uh, Mike Starr is a favorite of mine from uh, the TV show Ed. And, you know, there are a few others, William H. Macy and Rudy from the Huxtables. 
Um, I must say that the costume person must have had a great time with this uh, movie. I mean, you have the influence of Cindy Lauper and Dance Fever and, of course, the styles of the 80s. But I think there's a little bit of Mad Max in there, too. Um, but anyway, um, I hope you guys are doing well. I will listen and keep listening, and I'll talk to you again. Bye. Yeah, I think the Mad Max uh, was the Tina Turner influence because there were more than one people there that had Tina Turner's hair. Yes, indeed. Including and, uh, some men. <laughs> mo- momentary confession. I can't believe I'm about to say this, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. I have not watched, other than the pilot episode, Briscoe County Jr. I know. I know. Yeah, you don't lose your geek card for that. You don't think so? For some reason, other than Bird Notice, I really haven't. And mainly because it's the whole your spouse has to be into the show, like you're into the show kind of thing in order to watch like these shows on Netflix. And... For the, her tastes usually line up. I mean, she loves Burn Notice, so it's, it's not that she's yeah. got any kind of like Bruce Campbell dislike. She likes him, but for whatever reason, we tried watching Bruce County. Just doesn't hit I was right. into it, yeah. and she wasn't. Same thing happened with Firefly. I was into yeah. it, eh. so now I have to find the time. And eh, with three young kids, uh, well, you can imagine separate time. And yeah, I yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, because when you like the show, I heard so. somebody put it this way once: you, if you both like the show, you can't watch it separately because that's kind of like TV cheating. But if you don't, if one of you doesn't, it's totally cool. Like, I start, I stopped liking Glee, like, halfway through the second season. She started picking up with it because I wasn't watching it. And I was like, I don't care. That's good. Fine. I don't care. See him on the side. I don't care. But, yeah. <laughs> but Burn Notice, I'd be pissed. Or yeah. Castle, I'd be pissed. Yeah. You can't. Back in the day, Lost, I would have been pissed. Yeah. yeah. Walking Dead, oh, yeah. I'd be supremely pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have actually been suffered pain if I tried to watch ahead. I would have been, <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. All right, so we have yes, another call? Yes, we do. We have a couple more. Here, next up is Peter. Hey, guys, it's me. I just realized I forgot to phone in yesterday. And since it's Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, I thought I'd give my thoughts uh, on the phone, too. Uh, well, if anybody's read my review on the site, they know my... Thoughts on the movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, saw it the first time in a, a late-night screening, maybe a midnight screening, I don't know, when I was 17 in Copenhagen. Because uh, of the censorship uh, thing, it was cut beyond belief and here in Sweden. It, some of the fight scenes made no sense. But anyway, The Last Dragon. I freaking love that movie. I, uh, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm at work, and I'm a bit stressed out. So I'll just uh, end it. Uh, if I was to make any end movie it. picks oh. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> on the show, it would be linked to an actor, Julius Carey. And it wasn't, wouldn't be a movie, it would be a TV show called The Adventures of Brisket County Jr. I know who I'll be uh, Where he played Lord Bowler, a great character. Hell and yeah. the reason I would uh, uh, link it is because who plays Briscoe County? Yep, Bruce Campbell. So uh, there you go. I, I, I'm looking forward to this podcast. As well, I look forward to every one of them. Yeah, I'm going out. Bye-bye. I don't, I don't know how it is in, in Sweden, Jay. I don't know how it is in Sweden. But generally over here, when someone says, I'm at work, I'm stressed, I'm going to end it. <laughs> Not yeah. a good combination of sentences. But yes, Peter, thank you. Thank Not you for your, your thoughts on that. Fantastic. And we had an interesting follow-up phone call, but I don't think it was Peter. Tell me what you think, Jason. Hello. Uh, 
it's day. I am outside on my back porch, and it's very cold outside. Um, but I wouldn't really say anything about me being a blue jay because I am much larger than a bird. Um, so here you're going to be talking about The uh, Last Dragon today. I saw that movie a long time ago, and I really liked it. I don't remember it much anymore, so I'd like to watch it later on um, this day, um, perhaps after I listen to the podcast, but um, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, I wanted to tell you an interesting story, though, um, inspired by the movie The Last Dragon. And that is, I wanted to open up my own Vietnamese soup shop one day uh, when earlier last year I started having a sort of addiction to uh, Vietnamese soups, yes. And I wanted to call the place Pho Sho Nuff. So um, that's, that's all. And uh, once again, have a great podcast, guys. I will um, talk to you later. I'm going inside because I forgot to put shoes on, and now I'm having a blue feet day. <clears throat> Don't forget to follow... <laughs> <laughs> me on Twitter at jvmail and visit jvmail and leave your questions at jvmail.com slash ask. I promise we will answer them in due time. <clears throat> I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, first off, wh- why is it that that made me laugh every single time I listened to it? And I listened to it several times. <laughs> Bo show enough. That was great. And, and... <laughs> Very decent Peter impression. Very nice. What? Peter? I was thinking, why is Peter calling in pimping JV mail? Oh, true. True. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Just so you know, <laughs> JV, Peter is a dangerous man. <laughs> I heard the last a call. Very big I man. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. That was a great call, as per usual, from our buddy JV. And last up, Kevin throws down the gauntlet. Hey guys, it's Kevin Batchelder. Some quick thoughts on The Last Dragon. As I recall, probably late 80s when I saw it. Uh, you know, kind of a fun movie, nothing uh, nothing big, but uh doesn't mean we can't have fun with it. Uh, I know Vanity was certainly very easy on the eyes in this one and uh, around that time. But uh, for me, if we're going to compare 80s pop stars, I think I preferred uh, Apollonia from uh, Purple Rain, a little more uh, uh, my type. But uh, if you're looking to go down a rabbit hole, why don't you guys uh, go ahead, discuss that one. What would you prefer? Well, first off, Kevin, we'd prefer it to be known that we don't go down rabbit holes. We go up them. Second, <laughs> second, I just want to say I Purple Rain is one of those movies that I've never watched in its entirety, uh, nor, thank God, did I see Under the Cherry Moon. I believe that's what it was called, the sequel of sorts. And, well, no, mm. it was Graffiti Bridge. Was Graffiti Bridge the sequel to Purple Rain, Under the Cherry Moon, which is another movie Prince did that came out around that time? I don't even remember. I don't I remember think, which uh, one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Looking up, I remembered enough of it. Yeah, I'm looking up pictures. <sighs> she had better hair. Yeah, Apollonia had a little bit, little bit better hair. Um, she, yeah, I'd have to go with Vanity. Really? I, I know her hair was a mess, but I kind of have to go with Vanity. I, I would go with. I think I, I'm with Kevin on this one. I really? Think, I think I, I. I mean, to be fair, I was thinking Vanity Action Jackson, eh, but uh, no. I'm. I'm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Kevin on this one. My votes for Apollonia. So that's two to one. You. Well, lose. Apollonia was a little more robust, but indeed, I still like Vanity. So yeah, yeah. but it's whatever, fine. man. I mean, I'm, I would. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I'm like some 
single uh, karate uh, master wannabe cruising the the streets of uh, Kew Gardens. I ain't complaining yeah. either way. Either I'm not way. kicking them out of my dojo. No. I think uh, that's either I, one of them. Yeah. I, in fact, would <laughs> let them handle my nunchuck. <laughs> so, there you have it. Oh, have you had enough for tonight? I have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the sweat box. I've had enough. Uh, so, Jason, would you like to throw them, throw them some knowledge, hit them with some knowledge? Yes, give us a call, please. We'd love to hear your feedback on the movies we have coming up. Check out the movies on the sidebar of the website at ForgottenFlicks.com and give us a call at 206-203-0491 and let us know what you think of the movies coming up or movies we talked about in the past, especially the ones that Joel have been wrong about. Whoa. (laughs) Anger. Or on the rare occasion that I've been wrong. Yes, um, real quick, those that haven't followed us on Twitter – he actually prefers League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Quite frankly, forget anything to anything to anything that you would compare that you would prefer. Uh, I, I did, okay, yes. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at you know, it's, Flick's it's always sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Follow us on Twitter. Jason is Flick's sidekick, and I am Forgotten Flicks. And you can also, of course, check out the website at forgottenflicks.com. We got all sorts of. Uh, fun little shenanigans. You can listen to the podcast there, or you can go to iTunes, get it there, leave us a review if you're so inclined, and you can download it, all those kinds of great stuff. I think I finally fixed the freaking bugs that were causing my episodes not to load when they should have... But it's fixed now. And Facebook, we have actually two pages. We have the Forgotten Flicks page, and we have the Forgotten Flicks podcast group page, which doesn't have as many folks on it, but they are a talkative bunch and all sorts of fun stuff happen in there. So uh, check it out. And anything I forgot, Jay, that you can think of? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Okay. Well, on Show the- enough. Indeed. <laughs> Show enough! <laughs>